This is the Microsoft Libraries and Museums podcast, a show dedicated to exploring the journeys of digital transformation with organizations from around the world. I'm Emily Kotecki. Today, I'm talking with Scott Gillum, Manager of Digital Platforms at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights in Winnipeg, Canada. Scott's museum has more data than objects and a bigger focus on inclusion than almost any museum in the world. Scott, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Scott, your museum opened in 2014, firmly in the era of the smartphone and social media. How did that understanding shape how you planned the museum experience? When we think about technology and sort of that uh, convergence uh, in in the in 2000s, 2010, moving on, is really I joined the museum project in 2011, and we were planning for opening in 2014. Uh, it's 50,000 square feet of exhibit space, um, so really we wanted to look at ways where uh, smartphones, where we know that we have visitors arriving, um, uh, many visitors arriving with technology that they already have access to but also as a museum for human rights, understanding that uh, we also want to create an equitable environment where uh, visitors that are arriving, arriving without technology also have the same opportunity. Uh, we looked at both uh, a supplied device and a bring your own device scenario. Um, so really planning for uh, as great as accessibility as possible um, when we're thinking about using tools like that or shaping tools like that. Uh, to augment or to allow for greater storytelling. So you mentioned accessibility and inclusive design, and you have defined inclusive design as, quote, this is from a Museums in the Web article, um, designing and developing with consideration of all abilities from the outset. The inclusive design approach will ensure the museum experience is not only accessible for all ages and abilities, but is enriching and satisfying for all. What are some examples of inclusive design from your museum, specifically using digital, when you're thinking about all those different types of devices? Part of storytelling or part of telling those stories also meant the responsibility to make those stories accessible to uh, the audiences that actually uh, have agency or have ownership or authorship of those stories. Um, so thinking about ways how technology could serve that, we partnered with the Inclusive Research Design Center uh, developing universal keypads. Uh, universal keypads are actually a hardware device uh, that's associated with uh, interactives in the museum as well as in our theaters that allow for uh, described audio um, as well as uh, providing a tactile and tablet interfaces to all of our interactives. We really focus on four uh, main modes of uh, using technology in the museum, which is uh, passive, active, interactive, and immersive. Um, so this is all within the context of, of course, museum experience. So there's still images, artifacts, et cetera. So thinking about how we create um, and use technology uh, to leverage tactile objects, uh, gesture-based uh, or non-touch uh, technology. So really a layered approach um, because you know one size doesn't fit all, um, certainly when it comes to universal design. Uh, part of universal design is also making adaptive technologies so that it's appropriate uh, and pedestrian so that when visitors arrive, they can immediately know how to use it and be able to access it. The experience that you are creating in your museum relies on and uses a lot of digital. So how do you avoid the common pitfall of tech for tech's sake? 
I think uh, avoiding it is really about uh, engaging with uh, users, uh, engaging with visitors, engaging with communities. So uh, I mentioned our partnership with uh, the Inclusive Design Research Centre, um, but we also do a lot of testing with um, an Inclusive Design Advisory uh, Council, uh, which is a committee that we have, which is representative of Canadians with various abilities across Canada. We pitch uh, solutions to them. We prototype solutions with them. We also bring in, uh, we'll bring in the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. Uh, we'll work with partners, we'll work with stakeholders in order to develop uh, storytelling that's appropriate. Um, so that means um, not just uh, developing, uh, that really means taking a universal approach from the outset. Uh, and what's amazing is that what ends up happening is by approaching problems uh, or solving problems uh, with inclusivity in mind often solves many other issues for general audiences. So when we think about noise levels in galleries and having closed captioning always on, or if we think about having tactile objects that uh, create opportunities for visitors to touch objects that are normally behind glass in cases. So in serving audiences that, that really benefit from certain accessible solutions, we find that we uh, create actually a richer experience for all visitors. It sounds like you've created a lot of um, partnerships with, as you've mentioned, like the Inclusive Design Center, and there's also an Inclusive Design Research Center. Is the idea of inclusive design central to Canadian thinking, that there are so many centers and research going on in Canada about inclusion? I would love to think that inclusive design is central to Canadian thinking. Um, <laughs> I'd be hesitant to say that we're special in that regard. I think we're incredibly fortunate to have stakeholders and partners uh, that help us uh, shape solutions that serve all audiences. I think that accessibility is a perspective um, that, you know, is being more broadly shared because of the number of people encountering accessible solutions. I think the Inclusive Design Research Center, I think um, agencies like this are really, uh, are really helping us uh, see the value, uh, demonstrated value, um, both to the general public and to, uh, and to those specific audiences. Transformation can mean a change or metamorphosis, and obviously technology has changed a lot since 2014 when you opened. How have you continued to evolve with the tech that's emerged? Uh, what's interesting is that the latest in modern technology is largely built to support the oldest and really most human form of communication, storytelling. Some of uh, the evolution can be seen in the use of uh, 3D tactile images. So we had a photography exhibition uh, of uh, by artists uh, that experienced low vision or blindness and included as part of the exhibition, the museum worked uh, with those artists as well as uh, John Olson of 3D PhotoWorks to create tactile reproductions of some of the visual artwork. And these mm -hmm. sculpted photographs actually contained sensors. Um, and as you touched uh, the tactile uh, photograph provided a guided audio tour of what you were touching. Uh, and more recently, we've used uh, a voice user interface. Uh, you can actually virtually uh, interview um, uh, oral history subjects to find out more about uh, the lived experience of the Rohingya um, as part of an exhibition that focused on the Rohingya genocide. It's interesting to think about... Um the amount of data that you might also be collecting or have about visitors, how do you use that to 
respond back to what the visitors want or create a more visitor-centered experience? Mm -hmm. um, evaluation is really cornerstone to uh, continuing to develop work with the community. Uh, when we think about um, transformation, digital transformation, similar to inclusive design or, or uh, diversity, the work is never done. Uh, we're always learning um, through the diversity perspectives. Uh, and it really means living our values. So in terms of uh, digital transformation, uh, it's that constant sense that uh, we present the solutions that technology, the current technology affords us, um, and at the same time, always looking forward. Yeah, um, as you create all of these experiences, what are the indicators of success for you? Have This is a three part. What are the indicators <laughs> of success? Yeah. Have you hit those marks? And if not, why do you think you haven't? We measure success through through several means. Of course, there's there's you know traditional museum formative evaluation. Um, there's also um, you know anecdotal um, when we when we've gone out. You know, often with with our team, we'll actually go out onto the museum floor to engage with the public, whether when we're building prototypes uh, or when we uh, simply want to go back and revisit uh, exhibition components to see what's working, what's working well, what's not working. The benefit of working in digital transformation is that you do get to see data. So we can see, um, you know, how many people are using a particular product. We can see where um, issues are arising, where the visitor journey is stopping or hitting uh, friction points. Um, aside from that, though, it's also important to note that it's not always about the numbers. Um, when we think about inclusive audiences, they are often um, a fraction of a fraction. Um, of an audience. Um, so it's also really important that um, all levels of the organization understand that it's not always about um, serving the 99%. It really is about serving that 1%, uh, serving them well. And what's incredible about that is that they can obviously, uh, often become incredible advocates for your organization. Because if you're bringing everyone uh, with you along for the journey, uh, you'll find that um, the value is immeasurable. In learning more about your museum, you have very deliberate processes and collaborative working groups to create these different experiences. Are you able to be spontaneous? Yes, I think um, <laughs> it's, it's a resounding yes. When we think about institutions, sometimes we can think about them as being quite slow moving or, or rather glacial in their, hmm. in their approach or responding to public need. This museum was always envisioned um, as being one that, was, that would be highly responsive given the ever changing uh, nature of human rights. Um, hmm. It's, um, you know, both, you know, we're not a news organization, um, so it's not like we're uh, part of a 24 hour uh, news cycle, but at the same time, many human rights issues are, you know, surprise us, you know, look at, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement this year and, and, you know, just the growth of it as a global event. So in terms of uh, digital transformation, of course, uh, digital does allow us to be a lot more nimble uh, in terms of taking advantage of uh, new opportunities and new ways to tell stories, both um, in traditional means and also from an through an inclusive lens. The museum has been in the news recently with allegations of racism and sexual harassment in the workplace. And as you just described, your focus has really been on creating an inclusive place for visitors. What have you learned in those projects about problem solving and, as I mentioned, inclusion 
that could or are being applied to address that recent controversy with the staff? You know, after the allegations, um, the museum conducted an independent review, which um, indicated that, in fact, systemic racism and discrimination had occurred uh, in instances at the museum. Um, and of course, the museum is committed to developing uh, an exemplary approach to ensuring a workplace culture and visitor experience that lives up to our mandate of promoting human rights and our commitment to diversity and inclusion. I think where we see an opportunity is the same, uh, some of the same tools that we use to make inclusive um, storytelling decisions and technology decisions um, is also kind of a, a type of culture that can be applied in situations like this where uh, we have uh, gaps in understanding uh, and we need to uh, build tools uh, and training and, uh, and experiences around that. Well, I want to begin to wrap up and ask, thinking again about transformation and metamorphosis over time, what's next for you in your metamorphosis? When we think about digital transformation, or particularly for our team, uh, when we think about how we apply technology to tell stories, how we apply technology to create informal learning environments, which is really what museums are all about. Um, when we think about pandemic-informed service design, we're thinking about uh, TAP technology. We're thinking about uh, virtual uh, virtual tours. And now we're, now we're starting to use RFID um, NFC chips uh, as well. So the same type of TAP technology that you use to pay for your groceries, you can now use to access uh, content in gallery. We're thinking about um, uh, high touch versus low touch uh, interfaces. Um, obviously, uh, this you know within the pandemic, uh, certain audiences are privileged, and other audiences are uh, greatly uh, underprivileged. Um, so, how do we um, how do we look at these areas and these points of, uh, of friction and say you know come up with with solutions that fit all? Well, thanks, Scott. I also want to allow you the chance, if you have anything else that you want to add about inclusive design and digital, you know, pervasive digital projects throughout your team and museums that we haven't talked about yet today. Uh, one of the things that uh, we've often spoken about is, you know, not losing the sight that um, when we think about digital, it's not, it, you know, it really isn't about technology for technology's sake. Uh, technology is built um, to connect us to each other. Um, so, you know, creating those rich experiences is really what's going to uh, build that lasting impact for your visitor. Well, thank you, Scott Gillum, Manager of Digital Platforms at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Emily. At the end of every episode, we hear from Catherine Devine, the Global Business Strategy Leader for Libraries and Museums at Microsoft. Catherine, what interested you in today's conversation? Thanks, Emily. That was such a great discussion. Really appreciate uh, Scott's perspective on a number of things. But, you know, I think what really resonated with me is this idea around inclusive design and this idea that one size doesn't fit all and that you're not really looking at it from the point of view of building a normal experience and then adding accessibility. It's much more of this idea of, you know, building for everybody from the beginning. And I also really like what he says about this idea that, you know, it, if you solve a problem for one audience, then inevitably it solves issues for all audiences or for a more general audience. I think that's so important to think about with accessibility. 
and ultimately creates this richer experience for all visitors. So, you know, I think to sort of to end Scott's comments on I love this. It's not tech for tech's sake, but this idea that technology connects us to each other. And that is what has lasting impact in the experiences that you create. So another great session and look forward to our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Scott. And thank you for listening. The Microsoft Libraries and Museums podcast will be released every Monday and can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts.